1: just as bad as having bad credit, um, and it's something we pay attention to. The difference is, is you know, when, when you do a credit check, we know when the person, someone's run your credit check. You know what they're going to see because we're looking at it, and we know what they expect to see that isn't there or is there. Um, right. And in personal branding, right, we don't pay enough attention to that because we're not given some sort of score, which I think keeps people checked in. Um, and people are looking us up all the time. There's no. So you don't. You, there's no. You don't go on a date without looking that person up if you met online. Yeah, which everyone does. Right. You don't meet someone for coffee unless you meet them online. And if you look someone up and you can't find something out about them, you immediately think, "What's wrong? There's got to be an issue here." Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the direction the world's going in. So, you know, it's important to understand uh, where people are finding you and information about you, and and building up that that credit that you know in that feeds into a direction of your career so it's you know your credit online are you trying to to buy a house what does that look like what do you have to do you know are you trying to it, it's it's really just understanding what your goals are and knowing and or really just accepting that people are everyone
0: yeah. your
1: mom included is looking you up
0: online <laughs> how you day how you day that was the voice of Cynthia And Cynthia and I go way, way, way back. As you'll find out in an interview, she was essentially one of my first interviews, and I was one of her first interviews. And this was before I even thought about launching the podcast. And we just found each other as we were building our brands. And the way that she's grown since then is incredible. What this interview is, is essentially a case study on how to build your personal brand. She has an amazing book, which talks about the art and science of building your personal brand, and we'll put that in the show notes. But also her life story and how she dissects perception and understands how people perceive her and uses that to build a career is so critical in today's world. I often say that two of the most important skills to develop in the 21st century are one, your personal branding, as well as your cultural competency skills. So please pay attention to this. I think that everyone, without exception, will be able to get and glean something from this interview. So pay attention, go follow her, show her some love, and I hope that you all share your personal branded stories with us on social media. I love hearing from you. So please reach out to me at Tyroxson or send me an email. All right. Enjoy the interview. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Cynthia Johnson. Now, Cynthia and I go way back. In fact, I'm looking at an interview that I conducted with her. She was one of my first interviews when I even thought about doing podcasts. So this predated the podcast, but I was just thinking of into audio interviews. And she was known as the social media girl. This was back in 2013. We're in, <laughs> 2000, we're in 2019 now. So she was a social media girl at, at, that hosts a social media marketing chat at, um, at a company. And check out what she's done since then. So now she has 1.7 million followers on Twitter. She's known as Cynthia Live. She was named one of the top five personal branding experts in 2017 by Entrepreneur Magazine. She's listed. She's also listed as one of the top 20 digital marketing people to follow. Mashable named her as the third most important marketer to follow on Snapchat. As you can see, she's grown in bounds, in leaps and bounds. And we are going to be talking about her new book, which is called Platform, The Art and Science of Personal Branding, because what she did with her career when I was just a little baby starting this out, is uh, what she has now turned into a magnificent career, where she goes around the globe to talk about personal branding and why it's important. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you' I think you he's been the first interview I ever did. I don't know. <laughs> 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 it was such here. a long Yeah, job. <laughs> yeah it, it, I'm uh, just glad we're both still doing it. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> it's incredible. But I, I re- the reason I wanted to start out there is because. A lot of times and and especially with the subtitle of your book is people often um underestimate the power of brandon when you were the social media girl which is how you um the SM, yeah. hashtag the SM girl yeah <laughs> how you identified there i mean now in hindsight you can see how all those things laid the foundation for what you do right now mm-hmm. but it's often hard yeah. to see when you're starting out and so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you started and then um, we'll dive into the book.
1: Yeah. So I started uh, my career initially. I worked at a, a live streaming social media site before live streaming was cool. Uh, we had about ten, <laughs> <laughs> and before the technology really caught up. Um, but there was about, uh, we had about 10 million registered users and uh, I knew that the the company was going to close. Again, this is because uh, people just didn't know what to do with live streaming back then so it had a really good strong run and kind of owned the market but it was uh it was the technology advancements that needed to happen it it was kind of a mess so i knew it was closing um and i ended up joining a a very small boutique uh, seo agency as the social media arm of this company uh and it was you know, it was interesting. Is during that process, I didn't know how, where I was going to work, if I was going to, and I just kind of wanted to do my own thing. And what uh, I, I ended up adopting was the fact that people wouldn't necessarily know my name. And, you know, you're an intern or entry level employee at a larger company and people don't always know your name, uh, but they would always call me the social media girl. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm just going to own that and see what happens because it seems to be what people naturally associate with. And, and so I did and started this agency and what uh, their primary clients were, were, you know, the not so sexy brands, the, the health, the hospitals and the insurance companies. And, you know, and I, and I was like, how do you make this cool? How do you make this social media work for these types mm-hmm. of businesses? Um, So I started uh, the Twitter chat and I started doing some speaking uh, primarily focused on, the, you know, how, helping people who didn't work for, the Oreos and the Taco Bells and the cool, fun, you know, brands of the world that had to look at compliance and regulation and yeah. you know, be really smart. And it turns out that that group of people is much bigger than the cool brands. And yet we're always featuring the cool brands and with the big budgets and everything that they're doing. And, it, and it, it's interesting, but it's not necessarily um, relevant for a huge part of our population of marketers out there. Um, so I started diving into that side of things. Um, and it really, it sort of just took off because, uh, it was again, relevant for people. I was actually doing the work. So when I spoke about something, um, it wasn't from, you know, like a top down perspective, it was from in the trenches and understanding it fully. Uh, and it, I think that's what resonated the most. And I, it built on, on, you know, feedback and my own personal career growth and goals. um, We, that agency ended up being acquired by a healthcare company. And I worked there for about a year and a half and left and and founded my own business uh, a little over two years ago now. And uh, we, we uh, acquired a a PR agency uh, in May. We've opened our second office in Las Vegas uh, this last month and uh, we're having a lot of fun. We, you know, clients all over the world. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely been a game changer. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Little (laughs) this little, you know, cubicle downtown LA. Yeah. And a bunch of people who didn't know my name. <laughs> so yeah,
0: they, they will literally call you social media girl. <laughs> They're like, the social media <laughs> girl. Um,
1: yeah, just a social media girl in here.
0: <laughs> wow. 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 And so you say in the book, your career was born out of a combination of being in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. having strong mentors, and necessity. And all of this boils down to a personal brand. Why is it important for everyone to have a personal brand today?
1: Well, because you already, you do, and I know people have been bringing this home for such a long time, but uh, it's amazing, you know, I, and I think I touched on this in the book, is it, personal branding is a lot like credit, and, you know, not having it is just as bad as having bad credit, um, and it's something we pay attention to. The difference is, is you know, when, when you do a credit check, we know when the person someone's run your credit check, you know what they're going to see because we're looking at it, and we know what they expect to see. That isn't there or is there. Um, And in personal branding, right, we don't pay enough attention to that because we're not given some sort of score, which I think keeps people checked in. Um, And people are looking us up all the time. There's no, you don't, there's no, you don't go on a date without looking that person up if you met online, which everyone does. You don't meet someone for coffee unless you meet them online. And if you look someone up and you can't find something out about them, you immediately think what's wrong. There's got to be an issue here, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the direction the world's going in. So, you know, it's important to understand uh, where people are finding you and information about you, and and building up that that credit that you know that feeds into a direction of your career. So it's you know your credit online. Are you trying to to buy a house? What does that look like? What do you have to do? You know, are Mm -hmm. you trying to? It, it's it's really just understanding what your goals are and knowing and or really just accepting that people are, everyone, yeah. your mom included, is looking you up online. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> My
0: mom certainly does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, And longtime listeners of the podcast, we know that I, I've called personal branding one of the two most important skills to develop in the 21st century. I, I always say personal branding and cultural competency, and it's it's funny. You're an expert, even though you don't like the word on first of brandon. <laughs> and a lot of what I study is studying cultural competency. and I, I believe that in today's multicultural world, if you know how to um, define your brand and tell a story in a world that uh, that's as diverse as is as it is today, you're setting yourself up for success but also impact. Now, there are people yeah. that, yeah, I'm glad you agree. But mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you though, because since this, this mm-hmm. is something that you've done. I mean, it's incredible. It, I don't have many full circle moments quite like yours. <laughs> one of our first interviews, both mutually, you were one of them. And I was just thinking of starting a podcast and it wasn't even this. And it was in an industry when podcasts wasn't popular and you mm-hmm. were social media when social media wasn't, people were trying to figure that
1: out. <laughs> and
0: now the consistency of that has led to you building a platform which is ironically the title of your book. So there's hardly anyone who would be able to understand this more than you do. So how can you develop a foundation and a strategy for a personal brand? What is it built on?
1: Oh, it's built on you. So, so this, is, <laughs> and this is the very beginning step. And one that everybody always wants to skip because it's a little bit difficult. Um, you have to be real with yourself. That's the first step is um, how much time do you really have what are you really good at and capable of doing what is online or not online or what is what are what are the, the positives and negatives right and mm. and being objective about yourself is extremely difficult to do and in some cases nearly impossible so you have to find people that can help you uh be objective and really make decisions the same way you look at uh the board like your education and your wealth management and lifestyle things. it's what where the good, the bad, the ugly, what needs to go, what gets to stay, um and then you know also uh saying, okay, this is how much time I really have the The second biggest thing I see people not being able to do is um being realistic with their time management if you you can do this at any level, you can do it with thirty minutes a week, you can do it with three hours a week, you could do it with thirty hours a week, you can be like. All of that is possible, but only if you're realistic about about it. So um, you know, if it becomes a chore, you're not you're not gonna do it. That's we're humans. We have to, you know, we want love, we want to eat and drink water. <laughs> you yeah. know, like right. those are first, and you you know, your job, the thing that pays you is always gonna come first. Yeah. Um and then family, and then this. So so that's that's the second thing is you know, not being scared of of uh, what's out there and then you know fearlessly asking people for things because just like a job or anything else you know you can't get to the next level without help from someone else you have to you have to ask people to do favors for you and you have to return those favors um just like the podcast we did all those years ago i mean just think about how, you know, checking in randomly over the past six years and how much has changed and grown and the relationships that now cross over without us having introduced each other, um, right. you know.
0: We, we haven't actually even physically met, right? That's the uh, No, we no, we've physically-
1: never met in person, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: that's the craziest part.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah, and if you stay focused on your 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 goals um, and you intertwine it into your life, it becomes much easier to achieve instead of looking at it as like an additional thing outside of who you are. Because when yeah. you start doing this, everyone notices yeah. because it's it's out there. So, you know, understanding your comfort level um, with, and your, which platforms you're more, most comfortable with. Is it LinkedIn? Is it Twitter? Is it, you know, an email, whatever it is for you, just make sure that that's there. Because if you push too hard and you step outside of your comfort zone, you're not going to do it. And then when people start noticing, as they will, if it makes you uncomfortable, you're going to stop doing it. So mm-hmm. um, it's that it's the you know the mentors, it's the, the people that can help guide in your decision making. Um, uh, and then of, of course, yeah, you have to do. There's some things that are scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, you have to check check up on yourself and um, and find and reach out to others and ask them for favors. That's yeah part of it. it's how the world works it's just now online
0: it, it, ha- it has and we'll go into the history of branding later but I like what you have to say because you're saying essentially which is what you did say in the book is personal branding is self-awareness and self-preservation and you use those terms in in a way that maybe people haven't even thought about it I think a lot of times it's cliche but if you don't define y- your brand someone else is defining it for you and if you're not aware of what your strengths are you're not able to have a solid foundation because you probably be following trends or doing something that you feel like is popular as opposed to right. authentic to you. Now the self-preservation part, that's, that's a, a scary thing for many people because people don't know how to research themselves. So, uh, there was a part of the book where you said, I, I want you to explain to the audience, but I love, yes. I love when you said it, it's, how can you research yourself? And you were talking about logging off things. I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about that, but how are algorithms, and things really, um, I guess, set up to make us even more biased than we are. Uh, and how can we take that away from our research when we're researching? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's kind of like, uh, let me give you an example. I went on my honeymoon. I booked a hotel. I took a picture at the hotel. This is in Greece. And I sent it. And a very, very, very good friend of mine had stayed in that exact same hotel room.
0: Hmm.
1: Exact same hotel room literally six months earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so why? Because we're being, we're, the, we're being delivered information based on who we're connected to. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's important to know what the security settings on all of your channels are. I, the, the, when we do audits of people, uh, their personal brands of the company, we find things like, like, and I mentioned this book, is their Amazon reviews, their Yelp reviews like things that people put out there and at that moment I'm just like frustration and anger and they don't really know. And then now I, you know, I look up, I've turned clients down because I was seeing their Yelp reviews and I'm like, this person doesn't seem like a team player <laughs> and, <laughs> and we need you to be a team player if you're going to work with us. So, mm. um, you know, those are the things we don't think about that mm. can be the most, uh, the most harmful,
0: you yeah. know,
1: every thing is connected and we are all, You know, if your friend on LinkedIn ends up in the news and and also think about it this way, who owns what? What do they want? Right. So Facebook owns uh, Oculus and Facebook owns Instagram. Okay, Uh, Snapchat is going to become the next uh, MySpace ad revenue place because they won't play with anyone, really. Um, And then, (laughs) you know, you have Microsoft owns LinkedIn and LinkedIn owns SlideShare and Linda. And Google, owns, and if you connect those dots, right, then you kind of get an idea of how your information is being spread back and forth. Right. Absolutely. Um, like Amazon owns Goodreads found that, and Kindle. Yeah,
0: and, and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, Comixology and, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and Audible. They're buying,
1: <laughs> right. And they're buying ads from Google and Google. Mm-hmm. And, so if you're logged into Amazon, then you know they're using Google to feed you more ads. So they're giving information back to Google, who's giving. Them, so it kind you see how that works. So yeah, um, when you know that's where the incognito windows come in play. So if you're gonna search yourself, do it secretly. Use third-party tools. Like figure out how people can see you from all different angles. Um, because yeah, you're you're getting very much a similar picture to the people in your lives, so the people yeah. you spend the most time with. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Wow, and then you're really good at this because this segues into the next points I want to make with you, which is you say personal branding is built on four main factors: personal proof, social proof, recognition, and association. You touched a little bit, touched on a personal side a little bit, but I believe that also includes your experience, your education, and and uh, and whatnot. But uh, can you like you know just go over the the personal proof, social proof, recognition, and association because I, I want the audience to sort of put themselves in their uh in in their shoes and basically fill out their personal brand avatar right. as we're going through the episode. All
1: right. Yeah. So you have um, well okay so you look at the the social proof. Personal proof is the most important because personal proof is the hardest thing to get over. What do you have to do in order to feel comfortable saying you can do something else? Um is it a college degree? Is it a certificate certification? Is it a job title? It's different for everyone. Um and it's important to know what that is. So if, if there is this line, um, I hate to do this, but I've been watching Mad Men lately. This is a woman in Mad Men, she's like, "This is America. <laughs> you just pick a job that you want and become the person that, that does it." And you know that's that's a global perspective. Um, it's expanding, but obviously this is the 1960s. So <laughs> in the show, but yes. yeah, it's you know what what do you need to to have in place, to feel comfortable, because if you're not confident, then it's never going to happen. Right. The second thing you have to look at is the the social proof. Like what have you done that other people are going to hang on to? Um, that is never what you think it is. So that's why you have to ask people, you need to ask others what, it, and especially um, go to some of your friends or colleagues and ask them, say, how would you introduce me in a room and see what they say? Because that is uh, the biggest tell of what sticks in, in people's minds about you the most. And then ask three people, send them your bio and ask how they would introduce you in one sentence and see how, what the difference is. Because it's really surprising what, what it's never the most impressive thing to you that people hold on to, it's the thing that they feel the most comfortable saying and can remember easily. So, uh, you know, if you're listed in, uh, you know, for instance, the, the top, you're the number one person online for digital marketing in Forbes, or you're the number one person on Instagram for beauty who are deciding, which is more important is completely up to the person reading it. (laughs) So, um, so understanding what those, those social cues are that make people think of you. Um, you know, then you get into recognition, which is, uh, you know, awards. Your it's it is the degree that you hold on to. It's all of the those um, those. Those things, you know, it it's kind of why they give people awards. So they show up to places to accept mm-hmm. them. People yeah. love that, right? <laughs> so yeah. You, like when you see someone's been given an award, even even if um, even if the award like you have no idea what it's for just the fact that they've gotten one changes the way people think about you yeah it's it's incredible and then the last is the association and that's everything you do like the nonprofits you work for the companies you work for so you know if the company you work for is a is bigger than anything you've ever done you will become part of that company's story everyone will always introduce you to that if you become bigger than the company it flips same with college. You know, it's the yeah. girl that went to Harvard until you're the girl that cured cancer. Then the girl that cured cancer went to Harvard. Doesn't necessarily how it flips on you. Yeah. So understanding that, that message of association and, you know, how you fit into everything that you're involved in or ever have been. Um, and that all, it changes over time. And, you know, it's important to understand that because as humans, we naturally will put things in order of importance we just we will we walk in a room and everyone can put things into an order of importance um so to i think ignore that is unnatural and it's not helpful so acknowledge it you won't always be right but at least you're you know you're you're trying to figure it out it isn't it isn't important especially if you start doing this at a at a higher level and you're trying to prioritize your time. What is what's most important to for you to do um versus what's just a lot of the same. And you see people going in with a lot of the same because they're afraid to lose I think recognition or notoriety in a certain space. Mm-hmm. When really they'll become more important to that space as they grow, not yeah. because they stayed.
0: Absolutely. You say um Even on the personal side, some things that I'll add to, you know, it's based on what you said. You said knowing your personality test, too, can help sometimes.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.
0: Uh, personality Mm -hmm. test there and even if you don't agree with everything that they say it gives you a sort of a frame of reference uh that you can use as your whether you're coming up with your bio or how you're perceived or maybe what your strengths and weaknesses are so that's just the self-awareness piece and you also talk about starting off sometimes with what you don't want to do as you're figuring out what your personal brand is
1: yes this is uh one the the testing tools that I talk about and understanding how Facebook think, what Facebook ads think you are Google ads think you are and Amazon ads think you are is because every action you're performing is telling a story and you need to know what story it's telling, right? So whether or not it is who you are or whether or not you agree doesn't actually matter. What matters is that other people do. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so if you're trying to change the story, then you need to understand the viewers um, yes. and what, what they're perceiving, right? It's just, like watching television. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Like, so, yeah. This, this is. So good. This is. I, I love it. you.
0: Always bring TV references because I, I I love TV as well. All right. Um. Two of my favorite stories in the book. One was how you crashed an MBA course, and then the other one was um, well, MBA courses, yeah. classes really, and then became a, a lecturer. And then the other is how you ended up getting this book deal through the SlideShare thing. Now I want you to to tell those two stories. Because I think it encapsulates everything you're saying, and then we're, right. we'll yeah we'll, we'll segue into why imposter syndrome is hurt in our world. But um,
1: yeah, yeah. So so uh, the the so MBA yeah. the MBA the NBA story. Yeah. So uh, I I was going to get an MBA. I thought I was going to get an MBA, and um, well, to be honest, I just started. I was getting you know when you go when you even apply to get an MBA, they give you like the class list, right? So um, you can see who the guest speakers are. And these are some of the the I mean, you wanna know these people, especially if you start crashing executive MBA courses, because everyone in the room is an executive. So nice. <laughs> and they are there to network. So you walk in the room and they all wanna know who you are and they wanna, you know, give you advice and this and that, and it's amazing. Um and I just thought, wow, is it do I really need to go to the full extent? Um and through some advice people gave me. But yeah, I would I would go and network with um guest speakers and people in the classes because I could. Um it's a service offering, it'll they allow it. Uh they probably think you know that you should join. But um and look, I think MBAs are great if that's what you want to do. For me, I realized very well that I just naturally want to network and I'm gonna learn things a different differently than in that environment. Um, so that, that's the first, and then uh, I was asked to actually, you know, be guest speaker at several of those, the classes that I, I was crashing. And some of the reasons were because they knew I was crashing them. Um, which I thought was interesting because the, when the universities reach out to me to speak to their students, it's usually because they want them to step out in business and take risks. And they don't teach that in school. They teach yeah. you how to uh, participate in a company,
0: yeah. um,
1: but not necessarily how to take the risks that you know yeah. can help you grow your career. So that's that's one. Um, the book one is funny. I actually wrote that in there for my agent specifically because I really wanted. Uh, I thought it was funny, <laughs> <laughs> and I think she thought it was funny. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I got a lot of um, views on SlideShare. Um, and my agent, she found the slide share and, you know, asked me, um, asked me to write a book. <laughs> like, yep. I don't know which part you thought was, uh, the most hilarious. Oh, um, oh.
0: So Cynthia has been so modest here. Let me give you some even more backstory. <laughs> so with the, the MBA story. She applied for an MBA, a regular MBA, and I'm someone that's got an MBA, um, and she applied for a regular MBA. And they said, hey, right. people try to get where you are. Why are you doing this? And then that, <laughs> yeah. g- that, g- that gave her insight into like how she was perceived. And then she she looked at the executive MBA, which is the importance of understanding how you perceived. And that sort of, she just figured out a hack that, like if the person interviewing me thinks I'm ready here, I wonder you know how much more I could be perceived. The SlideShare story actually starts a little earlier. So you were she was speaking at a conference, and then there was this mm. this gentleman who had thought it kind enough or ridiculous enough to say that. Uh, oh
1: god! Oh gosh! Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, I was
1: that's the part. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, you! All right. Oh, yes, you look pretty. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It was the first conference I ever spoke at ever. Actually, I'm gonna tell you this story because it really irked me. Um, and I was the. I was like, at the it was an SEO conference and there aren't a lot of women in SEO, in SEO and they had just added social media to this like track. And I was so nervous. It's the first time I've ever spoken at a conference. So yeah, the guy, one of the guys I was speaking with the day before, he said, what are you so nervous about? We, you know, you just have to stand up there and look pretty. We actually have to have good content. Huh. <laughs> And I was like, OK, excuse me. Um, and so after the conference, everyone was expected to upload their, their content to SlideShare. And, um, and so I uploaded the content to, or after the conference. So I contacted people at SlideShare. And I was like, hey, you know, would you feature my slides? Would you feature my slides? And I, and I got in touch with uh, like an entry level person who could, could do it. And was like, yeah, sure. Um, they looked at the deck. I uploaded it after the conference and SlideShare featured the, the slides as they said they would. And so I had the most downloaded slides from the conference. And all these people wrote all these, <laughs> these articles about how, you know, I can kind of came out of nowhere and I had the most downloaded slides. Um, and I was getting asked to speak everywhere. And that I that's how my agent found me with SlideShare. Because exactly. I had so many views on my SlideShare's simply because I was trying to prove to this guy that I had good content.
0: <laughs> no, I love that. And, and the reason why I love those two stories is because you're so smart at, the, uh, at understanding perception. Perception is reality in so many cases. And, it's, and a lot of times what affects us from filling that gap is what you literally say is hurting our world. You say imposter syndrome is mm-hmm. hurting our world today. Why?
1: Yeah, this is a big, um, a big problem is that the, I hear a lot people will say, you know, I don't know why I'm not up the one up there doing this or that because it should be. And the issue is, is that we're, we are so afraid that we're going to be, we're, we're, maybe we're not the expert or, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am or, um, you know, I'm not that great. What will people in my industry think of me and you feel like you're an imposter, you feel like you haven't, achieved all the things that you actually have and what's happening is it's making room for the talking heads right um it's making room for people who are not the experts to hire experts to consult with them and educate them on topics that then they go and speak about when they have no actual like experience in that area Mm -hmm. um and it, it's problematic be, because we're creating a world where the that saying the squeaky wheel gets the oil, um, where we have all of these people that are making statements, and it's not that anyone intentionally wants to harm anything. But if you don't understand an industry, if you don't understand politics, if you don't understand the workings of like cybersecurity or safety or whatever it is, then you can't have a, a well-rounded um, opinion or experienced opinion, um, in that area. So you could unintentionally say things that are harmful and that is what's happening because the people that really truly know it are so are living in this world where they're supposed to be humble and they're not, you know, I, I don't want to step on my colleagues toes or make people think I think I'm, you know, something special. And so they say nothing. And now we have misinformation running wild and all of the people, not all of them, but a large portion of people who have the right answers say nothing. Right. And we need you guys. We need you to say something. You know. And I talk about my book, just like situations where I've been invited to speak on topics that I have no business. Like I have to turn things down. I'm like, why would I want to talk about that? Like, do I look like an engineer to you? I mean, I don't not look like an engineer. But if you look at any of my content, you would know I'm I'm not one. It's a kind of a, a career you can't fake. Um, so it's it's just really an interesting you know, situation I think that we put ourselves in where anyone can be an expert on anything as long as they can influence other people and that shouldn't be the case. Absolutely, we, yeah.
0: Very much in an age of disinformation and we see that, we saw that with the 2016 elections, we see that with Myanmar, we see that in, in different parts of the world where yeah. the intent is to influence and if we're not actually, you know, if we can't figure out the, the distinguish between opinions and facts, we are in trouble. So right. we need the real experts to, to please stand up.
1: Yeah, that's literally, thank you. That's exactly what it is. And also just it's experienced um, and educated opinions versus just regular opinions. I could have an opinion on anything. doesn't mean I'm going <laughs> to be anywhere. It doesn't mean that you should take it um, into consideration. And but. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's definitely become problematic.
0: Absolutely. Oh, well, we're well, getting ready to wrap up here, but um, I, can you talk about how Brandon um, isn't new? I mean, because yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I I was fascinated. I don't know. You did a lot of research for this book because you had a whole time <laughs> Yeah. Line. And then you were talking about like Da Vinci's resume. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was
1: mm-hmm. like,
0: yeah. And then the Rockefeller I was like, okay, so just. Explain that to us. I find out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the, what, what I think the other part of all of this that people don't understand is that, um, the terms we use branding has been around forever. Um, what is PR PR, PR is propaganda. Literally. That's what it is. Um, that it's just a new name given to it because you know, world war two really didn't do well, didn't do great things for propaganda as a word. So, um, you know, we have this evolution, like resumes, like, I said has been around since Da Vinci, but branding specifically was a tool. Um, they always everything starts off as a tool. It was a tool to identify one thing uh, versus another. So for shipping things, how do you know it's your your bottle of wine versus someone else's bottle of wine? How do you know it's your cattle versus your your neighbor's cattle? Um, and that was branding. You put a, a brand um, logo on there so that if you know a sheep or a cow got loose, you would be able to say, oh, that's my neighbors I'll give it back no one could steal from you um what it became is that you know brands sort of uh started they realized they could take on uh, personalities and opinions and identities and brands really just want to be people they want to connect with people they want to be in your homes they want to be the thing you think of when you think of love or when you think of um you know friendship when you think of your brother like they want to be in that conversation in your head and which is smart but the truth is they're never going to be people and we use them now as ways of expressing ourselves you know um are we it apple do you do you carry an apple product or do you carry you know, Android or PC sends two different messages. Do you drink at Starbucks? Do you not drink at Starbucks? Do you wear Nike shoes? Do you not wear Nike shoes? There's an opinion behind them. They stand for something. They resemble something. It's a lifestyle choice. It's a type of person, and we walk around and we use them to describe ourselves. Um, which is is if you use it as it was initially uh, created to do, is basically putting ownership of ourselves onto that brand <laughs> yeah. so you know so we can identify the apple people we can identify the nike people we can identify these people very quickly because we we walk around with their logos all over us um what personal branding does is it it's that flip we talk about which is separating like when do you become bigger than the brand like who's bigger is it Kallen kaepernick or is it uh nike, nike. You know what I mean, but I think it flipped now. I think now, because they made him the face, because they knew he could he could carry the brand, and that's a very rare moment, right? When we see this happening, Um, this is why brands separate themselves from people like the Verizon guy, and they separate themselves from people like the, you know, was the greatest man on earth. He recently got let go, and the reason they they do that is because it almost becomes it's almost like they, they brand can't live without that person and it, it's a, it's a dangerous move but in in personal branding you know brands why do why do people does instagram need kim kardashian or does kim kardashian need instagram like when do we decide which is more important right mm. um and that is that is the difference between being some someone who's branded and someone who owns a brand and as people I think it's important to start owning our own brand and mm-hmm. that every time we purchase or buy into something or wear a product it's it's our choice and we are not just by default that apple guy <laughs> you know that um, apple
0: guy. <laughs>
1: yeah and 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 I, it's important to understand the history from my perspective on all of these things because if we don't understand the history we don't really understand the true purpose of it as it exists today um, and at, at its core, wh- why something was born or created, you know, that intent doesn't really go away. The intent is always there, whether it's used or misused, um, that's up to, to people and time, but, but the, the core, the intention of it, um, is really important to understand.
0: That's well said. No, I love that. I love, I love the, how you painted <laughs> us through that. So it it also, um, leads me to the curious tales of these two individuals you have in the book. You have Travis Kalanick and Elon Musk. Now I I was watching, I'm in diversity and inclusion, right? So Mm -hmm. I was watching the whole Travis thing and it it was, it it kept, it was one bad thing followed up by a worse thing, then the worst possible thing. And then like, what, what is going on? I was like, this is Uh, literally (laughs) someone's worst nightmare. (laughs) Um, Yeah. and, And then, Yeah, but I'm curious if you can explain those two things with that, with those two, because many people, even you say, even you say in the book, Sheryl Sandberg, who you respect, sometimes will poo-poo personal branding, but they Mm -hmm. forget that it's actually in the fabric of everything you do. And it doesn't matter, you know, what job, what industry, what age, whatever, whatever your associations are and whatever people perceive of you, can cause you to lose your job like it did with Travis or mm-hmm. cause, I don't know. Elon's had an interesting year since, since even mm-hmm. the book, since even the book came out, but there are many. Far. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm just curious if you could use those two examples because I think the audience would probably uh, love those stories.
1: Yeah. So with the Uber Tesla, Travis Elon situation, I was really blown away because uh, what happened initially is they both joined Tr- uh, Donald Trump's advisory team, mm-hmm. uh, and right after that, I was at an event in Dubai, the World Government Summit, and they spoke back to back, which was really an incredible thing to see. Uh, Travis brought the entire <laughs> like slideshow deck of like what he was going to do to change the world, basically. Okay, mm-hmm. now these two guys are doing two very similar things. They're basically trying to take people off of the roads. Cars drive themselves. That's At the end of the day, that's where they're trying to do, reduce cars, reduce drivers. And um, he got interviewed by – He so he gave this huge presentation. And then he got interviewed by a CNN um, reporter, journalist, who had clearly just been told she was not allowed to ask about Donald Trump. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> she just destroyed him. I mean – she was like, are you even ready for the responsibility that, you know, you have as being someone that, you know, um, as being someone that, you know, has influence? Do you even know what that means? Like, at the very end, she actually physically got up and left him on stage, like, walked out ahead of him, <laughs> you know? Um, it wasn't it wasn't good. <laughs> and then Elon Musk comes out, and he was getting interviewed by, like, one of the government officials. Uh, they He talked about he didn't have a slide share. He didn't have he. No one asked him about you know politics or anything like that. They said you know we tried to get you to come here before you went to China and you told us no. I'm going to China first and uh, now you're here. Why are you here? And he was like, well because I already launched in China. Um, And then you know he was actually launching that day in Dubai, so he had financial reason to be there um and Travis did not and then, then mm-hmm. Elon now this is a country where i think it's um like 14% of the male population's jobs are drivers wow so and he's talking about how in 10 years there will be no drivers he talked about um basic income he talked about aliens being real and then when he when he got up to leave, they said that they thought he was the next Einstein, and everyone stood as he walked out. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, I have to, I have to understand the career trajectory for these two, and then to watch what happened to Travis. You know, um, his everything that came out, the sexual harassment, his responses to it, he's being removed from the board, or lost his job, his parents." i think his mother died in a mother boating died. accident yeah. yeah just like horrible things are happening and and alongside almost identical things are happening not to, to the descent you know Elon Musk's mother did not pass away but there's the other they're happening side by side to very influential large companies one that is actually profitable the other that's just raising money left and right like nonsense right so she's just yeah. like and and you're seeing the res- the differences in their responses and the difference in the outcome because of how they dealt with the res- with each issue um and so i mapped that that entire exchange out in the book is so people can see side by side what uh, one response versus another response will do and can help you achieve in the public eye and what people really want from someone who is considered to be a leader and an innovator. They don't want um they don't want too many apologies. you know, um, they want to know you're handling things. But at the end of the day, they're trusting you to be the expert. so so the that section is really um, outlined because I think it's important for people.
0: It, it was fascinating. Yeah. I, I people remember how you make them feel. And Travis is famously known for being someone that didn't necessarily care about people or operations. He was hyper growth, grow, grow, grow. And Elon Musk, even though sometimes he's perceived as awkward, he's like, I'm going to save the world, right? It's like they said yeah. – you know, they said Iron Man was based on him, the the, the movie. Um, so that there's like – there's one that's been sort of mythologized and another is like, this guy.
1: <laughs> and well, and there's, there's also two other things there. One is uh, I will say that, yeah, it's very clear what Elon Musk's mission is, whether or not it's true or it, – that's really – Up to Elon to decide, but we all see him as like saving the world. Like that's what he does. That's what does Elon Musk do? He saves the world. I don't know how, you know.
0: But he's up to something saving the world. He's
1: he's out there saving the world. Don't even care. Um, we all just know that's what he's doing. With Travis, you're like, I mean, what are you really doing? (laughs) 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 You know, he's technically doing similar things, just differently, but because he doesn't have his he didn't have his finger on the pulse there. He didn't he didn't really know how to explain in one word what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, and that's a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, with, with Travis, he just could decide if he wanted to be the face of it or not. He couldn't decide. There's just several things where Elon Musk says, Oh, I, I spend $0 in marketing for Tesla, but he spends like $2 million a month in PR. So, you know, it's, he understands the messaging. He understands how to, how to spin a story. Um, but he's getting work done because of it, because he can distract and he can actually get into the work. Um, whereas Travis got a, consumed by the media because he didn't understand it. He didn't know how to control it.
0: Absolutely. Well, where can people find your book? Because they, there are many more fascinating stories. Trust me. Yeah. If you want to get this book, it's literally the art and science person, Brandon. People-
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, it's uh, Cynthia live.com has, it's my website it has listed uh, all the places you can purchase the book but you can get it at um, your, your local there's some local bookstores Amazon obviously as uh, audible Kindle Target Barnes and Noble uh, all the major bookstores um, yeah I'm around <laughs> and enough. then if, and you know contact me I'm at Cynthia live on Instagram and Twitter and Cynthia at CynthiaLive.com.
0: Absolutely. Make sure you're one of our 1.7 million followers. Uh, I'll, put, <laughs> I'll put all that in the show notes. And uh, no, this this has been seriously fun. But before I let you go, I have to ask you the mission statement. My, the uh, My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. And I always ask my guests at the end of each interview in the form of a question how they are using the differences to make a difference. So how do you, Cynthia, use your difference to make a difference?
1: I use my difference to make a difference by f- Finding the people that can do it and helping them develop the skill set and the tools to achieve big, big goals. Right. Uh, I, I'm like a part of their plan. <laughs>
0: You're a part of their plan. I love it. I love it. <laughs> You're literally building leaders and positioning them for success. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, awesome. This well, has been really so, fun. <laughs> thank you
0: so much. It's been a pleasure. I really um, enjoy catching up and and really seeing. How your success has catapulted you to, to be a, a face in this industry—it's well deserved. And uh, thank you for just educating us for the last uh, 50 minutes or so. Oh,
1: thank you, and yeah, can't wait—I can't wait for your book to come out. So keep us updated, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I will. I uh, will. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the ass Told by Nomads. Podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxen.com.